Play it day one with Game Pass. This is a true story of Jan Martinbrook, who came out of nowhere, dreamed big enough, and came through with it. This is Jan Martinbrook, and he is a young British race car driver. My obsession as a child was to become a racing driver. He had no understanding of the racing world apart from a video game. I started playing Gran Turismo on the PlayStation. And then when I was 19, I remember seeing it on a normal TV advert, GT Academy, a chance to become a professional racing driver for Nissan. I didn't have any experience driving anything. And then eight months later, I'm driving this car at 140 miles an hour. He's sitting on a couch playing a video game and he winds up becoming a great race car driver. But to have a film made about it, I never thought that was even possible. I think it's maybe the first film ever where there's a film being made about someone's life and they are stunt driving in the film. <laughs> Driving on set is very surreal. The scale and the attention to detail in the car, it blew my mind. I have nothing but respect for Jan. Being in the car is the most difficult thing I have ever done. Jan has this burning passion and desire to achieve more than what his circumstances were allowing. That is unbelievably inspiring. You ready to bring this off? Let's go. Before a race begins, anything is possible. It's like the world holds its breath. Why are you hesitating? Danny Mayer is the M2 champion! Everyone thought Aiden was going to be signed by one of the big three. Something has gone very wrong here. Every season, you want to step up. There's always something to improve. Something's not right. Okay, box, box. This has to be a red flag. Devastating. What a great result. I want to be the best I can be and I want to win. And it slides out and away we go. Do you know how I look losing easy points like this? Come on, you can do this. Oh! <laughs>
Not everyone survives in F1. You know that. Wheel to wheel, this is fabulous! The question is... Who will be... The last to break. Hi, I'm Ryan Blaney, a third-generation race car driver, and we dedicate a lot of our time to going as fast as possible. But when my grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us. It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently, experiencing problems with their memory, or having trouble with routine tasks. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services, make a plan for the future, and access available treatments. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. Well, just over 36 hours have passed since this scene unfolded when Graham Rahal was bumped from the Indy 500 field. But in a remarkable turn of events, he's now back in Sunday's race. A huge twist just five days before the green flag. No cars out on the track today, but that massive news from the Speedway this morning. WRTV's Brad Brown joins us live from IMS this midday with more on how all of this unfolded over the past 20 hours. Brad, a pretty incredible return for Ray Hall. Lauren, things happen very fast out here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Not just the 240 miles an hour that the cars go around the oval here during practice and qualifying, but here in the span of just this last day, night and day, Graham Rahal has gone from out of the race to back in. He will replace the injured Stefan Wilson in the number 24 car for Dryer and Reidbold Cusick Motorsports. And a big change of events here. It took a lot of layers to this to make it all happen. Let's kind of review the situation coming here into Tuesday. Monday around 2 p.m. The second of the two-hour practice, Wilson was taken away here in an ambulance after hitting the wall just outside of turn one after he practiced crash with Catherine Legg, ironically, from the Ray Hall Letterman Landing and Racing Team. As it turned out last night, we got the statement from Wilson's team that a injured vertebra in his back, his 12th vertebra injury, so a fractured back, will keep him out of the race. So now becomes the big question of who will replace Wilson in the car. Well, enter Graham Ray Hall. And it's not just as easy as making a call, say, hey, Graham, you want to drive? There is the matter of setting it up with his team, with his sponsors, and the main fact that Graham, his entire IndyCar career, has driven a Honda engine and this number 24 car is a Chevy-powered machine. So many things went into this and had to fall into place, but many agreements, many handshakes, and many yeses along the way. We'll have Ray Hall back here this Sunday running in his 16th consecutive Indy 500. I'm very excited at the opportunity, but I feel terribly for Steph, too. So it's, it's a very unique situation to, uh, to be in. But ultimately, you know, as I said inside, it was, it, it was exciting and it was an honor for me to get the call. A lot of credit to the Chevy guys who we talked with and, and there's just so many conflicts and things that we had to work through to put this together that uh, it's the Indy 500 and people come together to make, uh, make this event special and make it great like it is. I know that the, the list of guys isn't super long of, of drivers that could jump in and do it but i also know some of the other names that are probably on that list are guys that are very 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 qualified to go out there uh, who have a lot of experience and can do a great job and so for me to get to get the call to get the opportunity is yes it's a it's very exciting 
Because of the driver change, Ray Hall will have to move to the back of the field. So instead of starting 25th where Wilson qualified, he'll start 33rd. And again, ironically, right next to Jack Harvey, who bumped him out of the field on Sunday. A busy couple of days ahead for Ray Hall. There's a seat fitting, getting used to this brand new car, learning everything he can about a Chevy-powered machine, and a single two-hour practice on Carb Day Friday to get set for the race on Sunday. A wild day and night indeed, and sure plenty more ahead for that Dryer and Reinbold Cusick team and Graham Ray Hall as well. More for you coming up tonight on the news at 5 and 6. We're live at the Speedway, Brad Brown, WRTV Trackside. about a second okay hey race fans welcome to the hoobazoo radio network and welcome to the drafting the circus program <laughs> presented by sinister one richard snuck in at the last second here you, you see you see him breathing hard yep so <laughs> anyway listen i want to thank you folks that uh, tuned in last week <laughs> i want to thank so at uh, least i made it this week frank <laughs> well yeah i mean but uh at the same time I'll let you guys know a week ahead, I was going to be up in Cincinnati and not around. Um, you just yep. uh, ghosted me to the last second. Said, oh, I'm on my way. Yeah, yeah. Good I'm things on, come to those away. I'm on my way. Yeah, well, here you are. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, thanks to Forza Motorsport. And um, I don't know if you saw the new trailer for um, the um, Gran Turismo movie or the little uh, little vignette there. But uh, that, that, that looks like it's going to be a... Pretty darn exciting film coming out from Sony Pictures soon. But um, so let's get into the races. So you saw the clip of the news of Graham Rahal and Stefan Wilson. And I got to tell you, right, the Indy 500 qualifying weekend, the bump day, the last row shootout is what we call it this day and age, was thrilling, right? And um, I kind of, I mean, like, I don't want to say I dislike Graham Rahal. But I, I would classify myself as not a fan. Well, just I'm not a fan of Graham Rahal, largely because his ego doesn't match his accomplishments, right? Here's a guy who publicly said, I'm one of the top three racers in the whole entire sport. So I guess that means it's like what uh, Verstappen, right? And then Rahal, and then probably like um, Hamilton. Hamilton. No, I was gonna. I was gonna go w way off with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
Hiramashista. I don't know. So, but, but anyway, <laughs> but anyway, so, um, yeah, I kind of publicly said, I said, I will laugh my ass off for days if Graham Rahal gets bumped, right? And, and then through the drama, you know, we had four guys going for those last couple of spots there, right? We had friend of the show, Stingray Rob, right? Who's been on the show, uh, put up a good run, um, you know, and uh, right before him, Christian Lungard put up a good run. So those guys were, uh, Lungard was faster than Stingray, right? So there's one spot left. Two guys to go, right? Uh, Ray Hall goes out and makes the show, right? Harvey goes out, fails to bump Ray Hall, right? And then we, then we sit and wait, right? There's several minutes left, right? Harvey gets his car cooled down. Actually goes out and makes a, a cool down run, right? Runs a couple of laps at about 170 miles an hour just to get some air in the radiators, cool the engine down to make another run, right? Slap some more tires on. Uh, and, and literally there's about six minutes remaining, which leaves enough time for him to make a run and then Graham to get back out there um, to try to bump himself back in if Harvey bumps him out. Harvey gets out there, makes the run, fails to uh, make the field, right? Graham Rahal, all for the moment, is safe, right? So we go to commercial, right? I think it's over. Everyone thinks, oh, that's done, right? Jack Harvey got bumped, right? Well, Jack Harvey wasn't so sure it was over, right? And neither was Jack Harvey's crew chief, right? So they just said, look, three more gallons of gas, slap some new tires on a quick wing adjustment. Let's go right back out, hot engine, everything. We have absolutely nothing to lose. Nothing to lose, right? We're already out of the Indy 500. Goes out there in the waning seconds, bumps Graham Rahal out of the field, right? Now, I said I would laugh my ass off, and I did. And I did. I savored that moment. I'm like, <laughs> Graham, you son of a gun. Uh, top three driver in the world bumped out of the Indy 500, right? And I thought that was the end of that. So now we had gone through all of the entire May festivities and practice and qualifying with no incidents of people hitting the wall, no crashes, which is really clean and nice. But Monday morning, Practice session. We have a little bit of an incident there. Catherine Leg running a little faster than she should. Guys checking up in front of her. She doesn't realize they're checking up. She didn't have enough time to react. Runs right over the top of Stephen Wilson, puts him in the wall, nose first. Stephen Wilson, take it to the hospital, right? Stephen Wilson, another friend of the show. We had Stephen on and his car owner, Don Cusick. Uh, on the show earlier in the season and wonderful guys, both of them, right? Um, they did a great job. They didn't come anywhere near the, the, the bubble day drama qualified safely in at 25th spot. So they were solidly in the field, but now Stefan is not cleared to race. So all this speculation goes up. Well, who are we going to put in that car? Immediately everyone says, well, it won't be Graham Rahal because here you got a Honda guy. And Honda will never let him hop in the Chevrolet. Now, Graham in his IndyCar career has literally never driven anything other than a Honda. He's been a Honda guy the whole time. Team Rahal's a Honda, Honda team, right? Uh, team Rahal's other racing series things that they have no GM affiliation whatsoever. Everyone says that's off the table. So we're talking, oh, it's J.R. Hildebrand. Is it Sage Karam? Charlie Kimball's there, right? 
Aubrey Askew was hanging around. But no, like the next day, it's they put this thing together to put Graham Rahal in that car. So my giggling my ass off was only good for like 30 <laughs> some hours, right? But but at the same time, now I love Don Cusick. He's a stand-up guy, right? Hell of a guy. He's donated a bunch of stuff, bunch of merchandise to my IndyCar uh, group that I help run, Elite IndyCar on Facebook, right? He's always giving us free stuff. He's, he's giving us invites to the garage and this and that. He's a hell of a guy. Um, and he's just an older guy with some money that wants to race. So, but he's got, he's got Graham in the car now, right? So, I, literally, of those other guys, right, who has practiced all month and who's ready to go, who's got, who's got a seat already poured and ready, Graham Rahal, right? They said this would never happen, but sure enough, here it is, right? Had to jump through a lot of hoops. There's some money changing hands, some sponsors changing cars. Honda, give the blessing to let him go and try out a Chevrolet for the weekend, right? For Graham. It's uh it's a bit of a learning curve. Because evidently the entire steering wheel for the uh, Chevrolet is set up differently than the Honda. Uh, and he's got pretty much he's got carb day, but they're giving him a oh quick practice um kind of just a, a shakedown on Thursday, which I believe is all of 45 minutes, as well as Catherine Legg, whose car was damaged. But the car they have was their pit stop practice car, right? It's but I believe that forty-five minute session. They can't. They can only do in and out laps. They can't do flying laps, can they? Mm, what I read is they can do as many install laps as they want. Yeah, so I don't. I don't think that counts as a flying lap. I think that's a, you know an out lap, cross the start finish line, and then come into the pits. They can't do a full, full. I mean, you, you you're getting pretty close, but you can't do a it's full pretty, flying it's lap. Much. It's just a shakedown session, just to make yeah. sure the thing doesn't fall apart. With a car because, that age. Right, because, well, it's a two-year-old <laughs> Delar chassis that really hasn't been in a race. They've used it a, the, the thing had a go-kart motor in it, right? And they would literally, they'd use it at the shop just for pit stop practice, right? <laughs> Fire up that go-kart motor, run it in, stop it, let the guys practice changing tires, right? So, but they've rebuilt that thing into a proper race car. Or they're still working on that and have it ready by Thursday. But um, so, but but here's the thing, right? That you may or may not realize. <clears throat> Stephen Wilson is the younger brother of Justin Wilson, who passed away in 2015 after an accident at, at Pocono. Um, Justin Wilson and and Graham were teammates back in 2007 and eight, um, and they got pretty close then, right? Um, Graham was really young. Graham was in his teens then. Graham was 19. Stephen had been around a while. Stephen had you know, already had a couple of years in, or not Stephen, Justin, Justin rather. Justin had a couple of years in Formula One, and he really served as a mentor to Graham. And um, so for Graham to uh, take over for his little brother, um, it was like an honor. So And, and literally, I, I went from laughing at Graham Hill to being Right very, very, very proud of how he handled himself. I'm like, okay, a lot of class, a lot of this. And I will root for Don Cusick and the Cusick racing team. Um, you know, cause those guys are stand-up guys that are awesome. I find it hard to root for Graham Rail, but if Graham runs well in that car, I won't, I won't be mad about it. So, 
I mean, that's that's my my take on that. So, but otherwise, in the front of the field, we had uh, Alex Pillow nail down the fastest pole lap pole speed ever. We had the fastest front row ever between uh, Pillow, VK, and uh, Rosenqvist. It's also the first front row comprised entirely of people from Europe. Oddly enough, with all the uh, is nothing wrong with that, huh? Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that, but just you know, yeah. we're just setting these records, and it's the fastest field ever. So, um, but yeah, so Lee, you got to watch. I don't want to do all the talking here. My voice is deteriorating <laughs> already, but but I had to had to get out my rail story. So you got a oh, chance. Sure. You got a chance to watch the qualifying and and some the drama, and I'm gonna tell you that old last minute Jack Harvey run that was. Man, that was worth the price of admission right there. I so I mean everybody knows I I'm a newbie to the indie circuit series, and so I I'm watching much differently this year than I have in the previous years. And it was the process of it all was just it was just mind boggling to me. I absolutely loved everything about it. I love like. I loved watching like my I think my favorite qualifying out of everybody was VK. Like I just mm-hmm. loved watching him just I mean the little over the shoulder camera and just him working the working the controls on the on the steering wheel. Just it was cool. Like I you don't get to see that in a NASCAR thing. Like you don't see like I don't, NASCAR is that what he controls the use. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but you, you know, they have the they have the the screen in front of them, and you know, yeah, half yeah. the time the screen's blacked out because they don't want you to see what it, you know. But I just, I just, the whole process was just really, really, really fascinating, and I loved. I just liked it all. I thought it was cool. I thought the drama was cool. Um, you know that um the hot lap that they did, I thought was just you know just pulling it out of thin air, and you know it was just cool. Um. I, I did. I re- I just, I thought it was neat. Like I watched it and I was like, Oh, okay. Qualifying's done. That was so cool. I, you know, and those cars were freaking motoring around that, that track, just like ungodly. And then, so I flipped over to the NASCAR all-star race and it was like watching a bunch of <laughs> like scooters in the Walmart parking lot, trying to get to the front door before the bell opened. And I was just like, what am I watching? Like they were going 10 miles an hour. It was just I Apart mean from Kyle Larson. the speed. It, yeah. doing at least twelve miles an hour. At least twelve. But it was just it was phenomenal to watch the speed at which those cars were doing it. I know the race trim is gonna be a lot different. I know, you know, when they're in traffic, the speeds are not gonna be two hundred and thirty-five miles an hour. It's just not it's I I can't imagine that it would be, but holy smokes, it was a, lot, a, a lot of fun. You get a tow and you won't be a million miles away off some of those. You, yeah, you normally yeah. for for qualifying at um oh, sorry yeah so for qualifying you actually run with a different gear ratio in um at Indy than you do during the race uh, the race at Indy you'll run your gear ratios longer because of the draft and you'll hit higher top speeds if you if you ran your qualifying gearbox in the race at Indy you'd hit the rev limiter halfway down the back stretch in the draft because you're getting such a slipstream respect so I think if you look at the top speeds at Indy um, during a race, they're probably higher than during uh, in qualifying. I'm guessing, but I knew they definitely huh. run a different gear ratios. Huh? I didn't know that. See, so I learn something new every day. Yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of these guys they, they do their their qualifying run in fifth gear. 
Yeah. Uh, whereas yeah. sixth, sixth is the uh, the race group. But you had a couple guys that were, especially guys that were like mid to low, maybe danger being bumped, trying the trying the uh, upshift or downshift on the uh, on the back straight to to you know try to get a little Something. something extra out of there. Yeah. So, but uh, but uh, you know, speaking of our friends of the show, so pleased that Stingray made it in. I'm yes. So I'm so gutted. For Absolutely. Stephen. So gutted for Stefan Wilson that he's on the sidelines, uh, but but, I, but I'm glad that he's happy that Graham Rahal is in there. I'm glad for, for Don Cusey because it literally, if you think about it, who's the most qualified guy of the guys hanging around? Well, the guy who's currently driving, right? He's he's not yep. been out of the car. Uh, yeah, it's Graham Rahal, but um, hey, you know what I mean? It is what it is. So let's let's look at the. Uh, Top of the field there, okay? So we got some really fast Ganassi cars, right? We got some really fast McLaren cars, right? We got an Ed Carpenter car there in the front row. And VK, VK is a beast at qualifying at the 500. Uh, I want to say this is his third time in the first or second row. Um, So, <laughs> yeah. And the Penske car is the fastest Penske car is 12th, right? Or, or no, 7th, 7th, right? I think Will Powers yeah, run, run off seventh, yeah. So um, pull it up, but you can't count the Penske's out on race day. You know, they don't always qualify well, but they always race well, right? And and so we'll just have to have a have a have a look at that. But uh, I I think in as far as talking about making picks and stuff, you know, Palou looks dangerous. Like like he looks like. Juan Montoya in 2000 when he just dominated the race. And if you look at Palou's performance a couple of years ago, now he came up short, didn't win. Um, but yeah, he was right there. Felix looks great, right? Yeah, Rossi, I think Ross, Felix looks great. Rossi's won the thing before. Kanan has a ton of experience around that oval. He's right up there, right? So Pato's right up there. Yeah, there's there's a lot of guys that can win. So Dixon's not too far behind. Dixon, of course, has led more laps at the 500 than anyone in history. Yep. So, so this I mean, this is a tough one to pick, right? And then then you got other kind of wild card guys in there, Pagano and Elio Castroneves with the Shank team. Not great in qualifying, but uh, if you recall, Elio wasn't great in qualifying in 2021, and you know, surprise everybody by winning his fourth Indy 500, right? You've got Sato right up there. I mean, here's a guy who's got two Indy wins to his credit, who's fast through all the practices of qualifying. Uh, didn't quite get into the uh, fast six, but um, he's got a fast car. He's with Ganassi. Another guy to watch out for. Here's a guy who knows how to make the most out of those 500 miles. Yeah, it's really Really tough to, to pick a winner. We've got a very deep field. So with that being uh, looking said. At, looking at Sato's performance from the weekend, his four, looking at his four laps. I mean, I know he qualified eighth, which is, I mean, that's a great qualifying position. But I looked at like, I, I went back and looked at some numbers and Sato's numbers from lap one to lap four was only like one mile an hour difference. Everybody else, you know, they like, uh, 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 Pelot came out 
and he was like 235 his flat his first lap and then i think uh let me look real quick his last lap he was 233 yeah yeah he dropped two miles an hour between those four laps but sato i mean he only lost like a mile an hour between first lap and fourth lap so his right. consistency was really good and i thought that was just i mean that was that was i was watching him qualify and i was like holy crow like he's really really consistent and i thought he would place a little higher than eighth but his consistency over the four laps really impressed me and i think if he can keep that you know i i think he might he, he'll be pretty good like there's no doubt about it <laughs> yeah now now richard you've been quiet over there so uh yeah, we saw several guys that just, you know, burn off an incredible first lap, right? But then the drop-off was – is that uh, is that due to them just ripping up the tires on the first lap? Is that tired tired egg or is that uh, – Yeah, I that, imagine that, so. Okay. I don't think it would be anything to do with the surface. Some guys obviously can – I mean, some guys are just better at naturally at protecting the tires. And even though it's only a four-turn you know, four lap, there's still a lot you can do as a driver, you know, the rate at which you turn into the corner, the way, the way you load the car through the middle of the corner, the setup of the car can have quite a big uh, positive and negative impact in the um, on the tyre degradation. But um, one person I think is going to make a surprise, a surprise appearance, uh, um, you know, this year, Frank, you mentioned that I hadn't heard on the interest, but Graham Hill's racing this year. That was, uh, yeah, we, we were talking about Stefan Wilson's replacement as uh, Graham Hill. That's quite an achievement. Graham Hill, yeah, yeah, you dropped that name in earlier. Did I? Did I say that? Yeah. Okay, Graham Hill, he drives for Treehouse Racing, right? Yes, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yes, yes, Treehouse right, Racing. Yeah. Yes. Okay, <laughs> golly, right, so. I'm not, you guys are not going to let me live Treehouse Racing uh, down. That's terrible. Uh, so, uh. You, so you do, you do know Graham Rayall is named after Graham Hill. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's an easy but mistake no. to make. Yeah, yeah but. It's, uh, it's it's going to be a good race, I think. You know, as you say, the, the, the depth there is, you know, you could probably pick 15 names out of a hat, and if any of them win, you wouldn't be surprised. Right. Yeah. And then one of those outside of 15 could jump up and win the thing, you know, just ba yeah. based on based on a pitch strategy or, or the falling of yellows. Like, who would have mm -hmm. thought Rossi would have won the thing in 2016, right? Yep. Uh, who who would have thought Dan Weldon would have won in 2011, right? In 2011, Bertram Baguette almost won. I mean, yeah, and yeah. people say, who's that? Well, you know what? Three more laps and everyone will know who he, who he was. Instead, he never raced an IndyCar again. But he was that close to winning, right? So, all right. So some of the uh, extracurriculars outside of the track, some of the announcements they were made, um, Grand Marshal is going to be Stephanie Beatrice. Um, and you may know her from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. She was uh, played Detective Diaz. I, I love that show. Um, a lot of people say, who, who, who is that? I'm like, watch some TV, you know? <laughs> everyone, everyone says we should have a driver for the pace car driver. So they got Adam Driver is going to drive the pace car. Um, oh, cool. and, and, Star Wars. You know, You'll, yep, you'll know him from Star Wars. Of course, my favorite film role of his is, you ever see this movie called Logan Lucky? Yep. Yep, where the nope. guys go and their, their whole heist is to rob the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Nope. You've not, you've not seen that one? Oh, it's a great film. Great film. You've got Adam Driver in there. Daniel Craig's in there. 
great movie. So Adam, Adam Driver, right? So um, is that a Treehouse Productions film or is yes, Treehouse a, Productions film? Yeah, Treehouse Productions. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Yep. Directed by Graham Hill. So, <laughs> just smirking over there. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and uh, and national anthem going to be sung by Jewel. You remember, we just turned forty nine today. Is she that old? Or she's younger than she's me. Beautiful. So she's beautiful. Uh, she can sing too. Yeah, it's like always. Yes, she can. Remember that song? Got my eggs and my pancakes too. But uh, yeah, so they, they got some decent star power for some of these other, you know, ancillary roles here. But not as good uh, as Iowa. Well, I mean, <laughs> that, that Louise is not here to defend that statement, so. <laughs> but she had I, I, and I'm going to tell you I'm going to say right now if you have not seen Luis Torres's pictures from Indy this past week he has got some phenomenal stills from the racetrack this week mm -hmm. like right. the and pictures he can... he's got a, a below and all hit after he after he got after he qualified one like they're just they're they're amazing photographs and the other photographs he's had from this week I mean, give a plug to my my to one of the guys on the team here, but his his work is phenomenal. <laughs> yep, yep. And Luis Torres Multimedia, you can find him online. Yep, uh, he's available to do your wedding. You know, your yep. weddings, parties, um, proms, bar mitzvahs, uh, I'm sure. portraits, bar mitzvahs. I'm sure. Yep, yep. So, hockey uh, games, hockey yeah. games. Yep, yep. Uh, women's basketball. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we all, we all remember him getting <laughs> flat flattened by the. Uh, <laughs> he got crushed. He got crushed, but he got on the Poor ESPN. Kid. So he did. Yeah, he made the big him. leagues for fifteen minutes. That's all that matters. Yeah, well, Luis is up there. He's at a speedway. I'm I'm driving yeah. up there. I'm driving up there uh, tomorrow morning. Um, probably go to bed early after we finish up here. So, but so before we move on, start talking about the uh, uh, the All Star race. Um, Trying to think if there's any other Indy 500 news that we missed. Uh, obviously, the Stephen Wilson Graham Rayall thing has uh, dominated the thing. So, I mean, in a sense, the only guy that was bumped was unbumped, and the only guy yeah. missing the race was injured. So, uh, yeah, I would have, I would have much. Well, I'll just stop because I would have loved to laugh at Graham Rayall for two weeks. But anyway, so uh, you guys care to make a pick for the 500? It's tough as it is. Richard, who do you like? You know who I like. I know who you like. Yeah. Graham Hill. Graham Hill. <laughs> From Treehouse Racing. That's the one. Yeah, All, boy, right. The guy. All right, Richard. Say it. <laughs> My boy. Who is Become it? Winner. Takuma Sato. Thank you. Yes. You yes. That's, That's a great pick. That's a great pick. Great yep. Pick. yep. Absolutely. No, I, I've had one of his cars here on my shelf that I don't. Uh, oh, I've got two of his cars on my shelf. It's two Indy winners. Yep. So, all right, Lee, who do you like? Uh, I'm going to go for Mr. Number Two, VK. VK. Oh, that would be, yep. that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Yep. I really Ed, did. I enjoyed watching Ed, Ed Carpenter Racing will be thrilled to add an Indy 500 win to their, to their yep. resume. I mean, they, they've been around a while, but I, I'm going to. It's hard for me to say that McLaren ain't going to win this thing as much as they've thrown at it, right? So I, I, I really want Felix to win for the simple reason that um, 
you know, whoever wins, they produce the die cast. And I love the old McLaren livery on Felix's die cast. But I think that um, this year belongs to Pato Award. So I'm going to go with Pato in the McLaren. So that's uh, that, that's who I like. But I, w- I would be happy with any of those guys in the first Silver Rose winning. Man, can you imagine? Can you imagine the reception of TK one on his way out the door? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you think it was crazy when Elliot won his fourth. Uh, people in Indy love TK. He always gets the loudest ovations in, in uh, uh, driver introductions. People, just, people in in Indiana love TK to see him. This is realistically one of the best rides he's had at the five hundred since his Andretti days. You yeah. know, so, uh, yeah, so uh, that would be huge, right? If Elliot won five, that would be huge, right? If uh, uh, one of these other, like, like, like no-name people win, you know, you get a guy like uh, David Malukas win for Dale Coyne. Can you imagine Dale Coyne winning the Indy 500? I mean, here's a guy who's been, been around the sport for 40 years, right? He's, uh, he's introduced a, a shit ton of young talent and, and brought them in and they've all been farmed off to other teams and have all gone well. But, uh, can you imagine Dale Coyne, uh, racing winning the Indy 500? That'd be crazy, man. So anyway, yep. so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, Sting, it's like Stingray Rob. I mean, if he won the thing, I mean, cause you can't, Indy's Indy, you can't, you just can't, you can't really count anybody out. I don't you can't think. count anybody out. Right. Yep. Uh, before we yep. move on, I've got a couple of points I'd like to raise about the 500, if we can, quickly. Absolutely. So, two points I'd like to raise. Firstly, cast your minds back to St. Pete. And the RL cars were all at sea. And people asked, you know, this isn't great. You know, we're not doing too good here. And they turned around and said, no, it's all right. Road courses, probably not going to be our thing this year. We're putting all of our emphasis into the ovals. We're talking about who? Rail Letterman? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that didn't work, did it? No, I mean, <laughs> Chris, Chris Lungard had a decent run, but uh, uh, the road course, but outside of that, yeah, not a great. Uh, if you're going to say we're putting all of our eggs into our oval basket, you need to execute. Uh, they, well, they um, were ter- they were terrible at Texas as well. Yeah, so the you know, and they've got this new facility. They're pumping a lot of money into it. They got the BMW gig in IMSA, and uh, you know, they're, they're expanding and. Yeah, they're just—I don't know what's going on there. Interesting uh, setup, but uh, to the point I wanted to make. Much to, um, you know, we're going a, a little bit off what Frank was saying. Do you think it's right? And we probably did. I probably bring this topic up every year at the five hundred. Do you think it's right that non-regular season drivers can bump regular season drivers at Indy for the five hundred? Because you got something like Graham. Okay, he didn't have a good week. But he's a full-time driver competing for the championship week in, week out. And you've got a half a dozen guys come along just for one race and have deprived him of the chance of points. And double points. Well, double points are gone season. this year, yeah. Oh, they're gone. Oh, good. I'm glad they're gone. Yeah, 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 double points are gone this year, yeah. yeah. Doubles. Good. But that good, is good. an interesting debate, Richard. And 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 I've, have you thought about it before? But that was literally the impetus of the split, Right. When the uh, IRL said, okay, the top 25 spots at the Indy 500 are going to go to IRL regulars, and you guys in cart can fight for the last eight. That, <laughs> that caused 
cart to go stage their own race in Michigan, right? Now, it's been floated again recently where we've talked about, hey, guarantee, and it was even guys like old Roger Penske, who now owns the series of Speedway, um, that say, yeah, we'd like our regulars who are competing the whole season to be guaranteed a spot at the 500. So that would be right now that stands at 27, 26 yeah. or 27 full-time entries, right? Which, which leaves a couple um, at large, a couple wild cards. But, uh, but if you look at who's been bumped in recent years, right? It has been some of the series regulars, right? Wasn't one of the Penske cars bumped a few years ago. Am I imagining that? Uh, 1995. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. Yeah, oh, so that that, one then. that's more than a few years ago. <laughs> but uh, James Hinchcliffe was was bumped a couple years ago, right? Uh, Ray Hall was bumped this year, but, you know, he, he, he works his way back in. Um, but, yeah, it's sometimes it is a regular guy that gets bumped, right? And, you know, we haven't – there's been more years without a bump than with one. There, there are a couple years we struggled just to get to 33 in the field. That's where, uh, you know – Somebody with Tony George will call up uh, Buddy Lazier's. Hey, man, I got a check for you. If you can uh, bring a car out here, I have it up here. I need you for spot number 33, right? And Buddy Lazier would, yeah, sure, right? So, um, but yeah, but the last couple of years, we've had at least one bump, maybe two. There were two bumps a couple of years ago. But I, I believe it was uh, what Pippa Man and uh, Hinchcliffe got bumped that year. So, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think there's value to um, your sponsorship program to for your full season sponsorship to say, hey, we're guaranteed to be in the Indy 500, but your, your racing purists like the idea of the fastest 33, right? So, I, 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 I'm not against it, but I, I don't know if we'll see it. So, I just think it takes, you know, I think that yeah, it, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm never sure about it. I, I often, I'm sort of sitting two minds on it. Uh, you know, it's almost like you end up then with the charter system like having in in NASCAR. But uh, yeah, it's oof, yeah. I mean, I mean I even know. even Ray all said that after he got by because he goes, "Well, look, we didn't earn it, right? I'm not gonna try to buy no. a ride in." Same thing. His clip said, "I'm not gonna try to buy a ride in. I didn't earn it." Okay, Ryan Hunter Ray when he got bumped in 2011. Well, Michael Andretti bought him a ride in. They bought poor Bruno yeah. Jacquera out, out from under his ride and stuck DHL stickers on the ABC Ford car. But, uh, you know, I, I think that was a bad PR move then. That would be a worse PR move now because some folks have speculated they would bump uh, Catherine Legg out of the car. I'm like, well, that'd be a horrible PR move mm. to take the, the lone young lady Email. in the field. And, yep. and, and and bump her out when she's brought her own sponsors on board. Yeah. So um yeah. but but Graham was more than willing to graciously walk away until situation presented itself otherwise. So until he spilt the oil in uh, turn one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can if, if, <laughs> if you think about Catherine Legg drives a rail car, she took Wilson yeah. out. Let your conspiracy theory start, but no, I don't yeah. think any. I, 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 somebody had mentioned, I was like, no, I wouldn't put any credence into somebody putting their own race and health and well being at risk to take oh, yeah. somebody no, else out, uh, unless you're like Nelson PK Jr. Yeah, so yes, 
Um, but anyway, so, uh, all right, so we've all got our we've got our picks in. I'm really looking forward to the 500. I say my bag is packed. Once we're done tonight, I'm driving up to Indianapolis. I've, I've got a great week planned. I'm driving up to Indianapolis tomorrow just to check into my hotel room, right? But when I booked my hotel back in January and I got a great rate at a place five miles from a track, I didn't realize that my daughter was graduating high school on, on carb day. So I tried to, so I tried to change my reservation to say, Hey, can I uh, just check it Saturday? This is, yeah, you can check it Saturday, but your rate's going to triple. I'm like, okay. So the two nights are going to cost more than the five nights. Uh, yeah, more or less. So I said, okay, I'll see you Thursday. Right. So, but I mean, Thursday night in Indianapolis before the 500, there's a lot of fun stuff to do. Right. There, there are driver appearances all over town. All the McLaren guys are going to be at Kroger's with mission ships. All the Petsky guys are going to be at the Verizon store in, in Plainfield. Um, the memorabilia show is uh, going on. Johnny Rutherford is going to be there with John Oriovitz and uh, Barry Green um, at the memorabilia show. They got a couple other people. So I'll go up there, have a good time, crash, crash in the hotel room for the night, drive back home, be very proud. Dad, watch my daughter graduate from high school. And hop back in the car Saturday morning and go for the race. So how long does it take you to get there? Three and a half, three and a half hours. Oh, that's nothing. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, that's it's nothing. not terrible. It's not terrible. And and yeah. th- this morning gasoline was three dollars and six cents. I'm like, okay, let me fill it up before Memorial Day weekend when it's going to jump back up. But yeah, so yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So um, speaking of looking forward to stuff, a lot of people are looking forward to the return of North Wilkesboro on the NASCAR schedule. Okay. And I, I, for one was underwhelmed. Lee, I know you were underwhelmed. Yep. Richard. I was, you, you were never, surprised. you were never whelmed to begin with. I was, I was, I was never overwhelmed with the facilities and the location and the infrastructure. I did think that it would be an insane race due to the poor condition of the track surface and the aging track surface. Um, and I was wrong. I thought we'd have a race littered with cautions as cars were, you know, ass about tail, uh, you know, all throughout the race. And, uh, yeah, none of that happened. It was a pretty processional race um, with a, a, you know, a pretty damn impressive uh, Hendrick car there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Larson pretty much stopped the field, you know? So I thought if he had another 10 laps on the race, I think he probably would have lapped the entire field. Like he, he just, he was mowing them down. It was yeah. literally like a Wilkesboro no race from the nineties. Guess, 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 guess what? That, that facility doesn't look to have changed a bit from the, I remember when I, I flipped off and he qualified flipped up, flipped over to Wilkesboro. I'm like, Man, this track looks like shit. I thought they renovated this place, right? You know, but not just... I I knew the track service was wait till next year to get pulled up, right? But the grandstands, the signage, uh, it doesn't... It, it's still... It, it hasn't changed a bit since... The no, they wanted to keep it that way. That rustic look, Frank. That rustic look, you know. If I want a rustic look, I'll go have breakfast at a Cracker Barrel restaurant. You know what I mean? <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> gotta gotta call oh. it like I see it, but uh, so uh, look like look like they had a pretty decent crowd. Doesn't look like it was quite a sellout. Um, 
but I don't, I don't know what how many tickets they sold. But uh, there were several folks in the stand. But uh, the ticket prices were ridiculous, uh, especially considering the location there. Yeah, that's not a Wilkes-Barre. not a high income area. You know, I mean, they're not far from some, you know, Silicon Triangle, the the uh, Piedmont, and this night. So there's yep. some I mean, folks with some, hour, with some money there. About, but what? Yeah, it's about an hour from Greensboro, um, and it's about an hour and twenty from Charlotte, maybe. Yeah, so, so but, I mean, the, the road infrastructure around there was non existent. Um, and even when we tested there a month ago, you know, you were you know, just with the 50 engineers going there, we, you know, you were struggling to get in and out in the morning and the evening um, with the road network. So I, I dread to think what it was like for that individual weekend. But um, yeah, they're repaving the track in August, is my understanding. And I. NASCAR has to put a points-paying race on there. That's the only way they can justify it. But I worry that it's it's going to turn into one of these, you know, potential Chicago things. They put so much into it to be a success that when it's not, they can't back down. They've got to keep feeding that drum until they can, like, slip it out without anybody noticing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I... I don't want to say it was a monumental failure, but it was certainly uninspired to watch. I was like, so yeah. what, what are you going to do? You, you had a little, there's a little nostalgia feel there. A couple guys running some throwback liveries. Definitely had a throwback racetrack. Yeah. Uh, yep. but, if you yeah. wanted a dirt track, keep Bristol the way it is. Turn Wilkesburg into a dirt track. How about it? There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. All right, so we're off to uh, Charlotte next. Coca Cola six hundred. Yep, Coca Cola six hundred. I mean, do we want? Do we want to? We want to talk about the Bubba Wallace thing where somebody uh, hacked into his radio. I mean, I'll tell you. So, so I'll tell you a story, and I don't know if I mentioned this on the show last year. So last year through Toyota, we were very lucky to get um, tickets to the the Roval race during the playoffs. Um. And as part of that, uh, they invited us down to do the pre-race driver parade. So we got to drive two of the drivers around here. They stood in the back of a Tundra truck and we drove them around the circuit. And it was a great experience. And in the back of the truck I was driving, we had uh, Bubba Wallace and Martin Truex Jr. And some of the, we had, you know, had to the windows down, well, allowed the air conditioning on because it would put water on the track. Some of the comments and some of the shouting from the fans towards Bubba Wallace was disgraceful. I mean, my wife was in the car with me and she was shocked by it. It yeah. is just, the, the, you know, I don't care if you don't like him as a driver. He's a talented driver. You know, he's had three top fives in a row at three pretty different tracks. You know, you see, you can't knock the guy. He's won a couple of races. Yes, one of them was rain shortened. We know. But he dominated the Kansas race last year. Um, and that's we, the world we live in. We, there's no place for that. And, and and NASCAR, they can't get away from it because they, they, they're under so much pressure to go back to these places to appease these this generation of fans that and unfortunately, it's it's creating such a detrimental impact on the sport, and and I hate it for guys like Bubba because he's a great guy, 
great driver. He's not everybody's cup of tea, but geez, neither's Kyle Bush. You don't hear him being having that sort of stuff. Dale Earnhardt. Nope. Rise fans. You never Rush, Rush that, Chastain. Yeah, Kyle yeah. Kind of yeah I was gonna say, yeah. The Rise fans. Um, yep. and, and nobody gets spoken to in that way. And it's, an, it's just somebody needs to stand up and, and really make a point. You know what? If NASCAR loses 5% of its fan base for, because of it, good. Yep. You know. Yeah, we don't need us five percent. Yeah, no. but but yep. my question my question is okay. The whole hacking into the radio, right? How yeah. how easy is that to accomplish, right? We ha- I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I don't I really don't know, but um, it just seems odd that somebody was able to do that. It's pretty easy to do. I have yeah, I have, have UHF radios. radios. I have radios yeah. in my in my bedroom, and you go to a track, and they give you you know you rent the the racing headset. Yeah, you're, you're red, you red the scanner, list. you get the frequencies, yeah. Yep. yep, and so all you have to do around. is, is I mean, you can buy, you, you know, radios off of Amazon for under 100 bucks, and they're programmable, and they're talk and listen. You just go get one of those sheets, and, and you know, I'm surprised it doesn't, honestly, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. I was going to say, yeah, can't they, can't they kind of filter out the, and say, uh, only yeah, incoming so, messages from, I don't know. I, yeah, I really, this is one of this is one of NASCAR's old old fashioned sort of scared of modern technology. So there's two, each car has two radios. It'll have an analog radio, which is what you hear on the TV broadcast, and what you hear the driver to spot a stand and the driver to crew to stand. There's also then have a digital radio that they're keyed into, which is for more um, into team chat. And the engineers will use to talk to each other, and the crew chiefs will talk to the engineers and talk to people back at the shop. Um, and that's on a digital radio frequency, which, um, you know, the teams and oh, sorry, the teams and, and TV don't have access to, but they're not allowed to use that to broadcast the car. I don't believe so. It's very difficult to encode it. So again, it's this all this whole thing of you know the want the fans. Now I don't know what it would take to have a digital radio system that the fans could listen to, but of course a lot of these fans, again, you know, pandering to this this fan group. They have these radios that they've been going to the track with for 30 years that have never changed. And, uh, you know, if you turn around and say, sorry, you've got to go and buy new digital radios that, you know, you can't hack into. Oh, my God, they'd be up in arms about it. I mean, it's crazy. You could easily create a smartphone app, uh, you know, and and, and do it. And you do at the moment. You know, you can listen to the NASCAR radio through your phone. So that's all they have to do. They have to just turn around and say, right, we're getting rid of the radios, the broadcast stuff. Listen to it through your phone. And, um, you know, you can do that. You could listen to any race, any radio, any in-car stream through the phone app or, or internet app. So, it, again, it's – I hate to say it, but it's maybe a little bit of NASCAR not trying to modernize themselves with this radio stuff and wanting to, you know, appease the guys from the 80s that have had their radio sets that have got a Coors Light logo on the side that they've been taking to the track for 40 years. <laughs> yeah. And, I agree. Um, you know. I really, you know, NASCAR's put a lot of a lot of money into venues like the LA Coliseum. They're trying to draw in such a diverse fan base. And I I I applaud NASCAR for doing it. I think they're doing they're they're trying to do it. I think they're making some gains in in that in in diversity and inclusion department and I'm proud that they're doing that. But it's events like this where, you know, they get on there and they call him an a-hole and to go back where he came from just sets the sport back to me 
you know, it's that's not what I mean. It's not what NASCAR is about. I get NASCAR wanted to go to Wil North Wilkesboro. You know, Junior had a say in the matter. He really pushed NASCAR to go there. And I, you know, I get we want to revive these old tracks, but you know, I don't want to say you get what you yeah. pay for, but you get you like you go to these tracks that are go to North Wilkesboro and it's mm -hmm. it's it's not an inclusive environment and i think you know I, I was rip i was rip crap about what happened to bubba i think bubba's a super talented driver he's one of my favorites i think you know he's extremely hard on himself because he knows he has yeah, issues to fill yeah. and he and he rides and he drives on an emotional scale because he wants to do so good for not just him and 2311 racing but for the community that he represents and to have that to walk back that is just terrible to me and it really i mean it upset me i was i was really upset when i when i found out that somebody got hacked onto his frequency and said that type of stuff because it's just childish it has no place in today's society in my eyes and it certainly doesn't have any place at a nascar track uh, I, I may be i may be i may be Sorry, Frank, I may be speaking out of turn because I haven't seen it, but I'm a little bit disappointed it hasn't been anything visual that NASCAR or the track haven't turned around and denounced those comments. Yeah. Um, you know, you see it in sports, you see it in, like in Europe at the moment, uh, there's a soccer fans out there, Real Madrid player, you know, a colored player, black player, who's racially abused by opposition fans. And, um, you know, they're actually launching police investigations into this and, uh, you know that 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 stadium that they were at is now being forced to play games at a reduced capacity uh, to try and prevent these sort of things from happening in the future. And until yeah. we start doing that, until we start really, you know, until people, you know, until tracks start taking responsibility for the people that go to these venues, um, nothing's going to happen about it. You know, you look what happened with Lewis Hamilton in in Spain. Uh, you know, when he was, you know, Alonso's big rival, and some of the comments. And some of the actions by the fans at Barcelona towards him, they just, you know, it's it's not good. It's not good. Yeah. NASCAR yeah, did did make a, a, a step forward. They you know, they restrict they they told fans, you know, don't bring the don't bring the Confederate flag. Things, it's yeah. not yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not welcome anymore. And the fans the fans listened, you don't see him around anymore because mm -hmm. NASCAR's policing it. But you've yeah. you, they have got to do a better job with with you know, and you're right. NASCAR needs. I think they. You know, they said they'd investigate. It's hard to figure out who did it in a in a state. You know, in that environment, it's not like there's a signature. It's not like a phone number that they can go back and backtrace it and stuff like that. It. But NASCAR, I think, needs to. I, I think they have failed a little bit, and they need to. You know, address the issue some more. And I hope that they do, uh, because it's just like I said, it's just not acceptable in today's in today's environment there's no need for it absolutely yeah so um and and what was what's even worse is some of the fans legitimizing it they said well it wasn't racist all he said was asshole I'm like, okay well yeah but, we all know the connotation yeah, I was gonna, who, who yeah, did you choose so, to call yeah. asshole right so anyway yeah. so let, let's move on from that because we just said we weren't going to talk about it and, uh, <laughs> you set wanna... us up for failure on that one, Frank. You, oh, but, you but pushed it, but us over the edge on that one. But it's, it's an important issue. It really is. It is. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I do want to acknowledge. Um, I'm looking. I've got the Facebook chat here. I, I, Larry Rob is watching, right? 
Hey, Larry. Larry, Larry hey. Rob is uh, his son will be starting in the Indy 500 on Sunday. Uh, Stingray. Little, so, yeah. So, Stingray uh, Rob, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. So, Larry's Larry, got nothing yeah. else better to do this week. Yeah. The week his son's in the Indy God. 500. And he's listening to these three he's, idiots. He's listening to us. What yeah, is so, going uh, on? Yeah, so Larry, 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 thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you, buddy. So, uh, oh man, you're the best yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, so we got about uh, nine minutes left in the show. All right, um, let's quick make picks for Charlotte. Who do you like, Todd? Uh, Lee, or whoever, Todd Lee. I don't know. Mike you got Drake you got so many aliases. Mike Drake Jr. True X, uh, Richard, you'll abstain, yeah. right? So, I, yeah. I. I can't look past a Hendrick car. I'll tell you. How about the oh, Chase God. Chase Elliott for the six hundred? Good pick. Richard's saying no. Richard's saying pick a Toyota guy. Okay. All right. So how about how about Ty Gibbs? You know the the six hundred is known for yeah, yeah. A lot of first yeah, 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 giving a giving a couple guys their first win. Uh, this little yep. dude named Jeff Gordon won his first race at the six hundred. So and he Ooh. he Jeff Gordon. Yeah, he had the mullet and the mustache. Remember him? Oh, draw, did he drive for Treehouse Racing? I remember that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he, and he had the he had the very colorful car. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, yeah I remember that guy. Yeah. All right, that's the guy. Yeah. So, uh, all right, so we got about uh, eight minutes left to uh, let's let's talk about the Monaco Grand Prix. Okay, number one, there there's some talk that is threatened by weather. Um, again. We, we, again, yeah, because we uh, we lost out on uh, yeah. watching the race uh, last week uh, at, at um, in Italy. Yeah. We had to call that whole thing off. So there's some weather in Monaco, but uh, although nobody has pulled the trigger and talked about calling the race off, nobody within the sport. So, but I guess the bigger story is uh, Carlos Sainz had a little minor injury in a football game, which led to speculation. It may not be 100% for the race, but uh, later reports say that he's uh, should be fine. So, Richard, what's uh, what's the latest on? Uh, yeah, I think I think it'll be okay. I think it was just um, you know the uh, the red top uh, newspapers uh, column inches there rather than anything factual about it. He did go off with a knock, but it's probably just a dead leg. Um, and yeah, the weather forecast doesn't look too good for Sunday: thunderstorms and a quarter of an inch of rain. But uh, mm. yeah, and the Coke Six Hundred doesn't look very good weather, so uh, we could be we could be leaning on Indy for a race this weekend. I'll tell you the, <laughs> the, the weather looks glorious for Indianapolis. Uh, low, low, low of fifty two, high of eighty, uh, which I, I don't mind that high of eighty. It's the couple of years I went where the high was like ninety six, <laughs> where where it gets a little brutal. I mean one of one of those years, Frankie one. I remember just. Taking taking the ice water out of my cooler and jumping it over my head, I was so hot. But uh, I didn't want to go stand under the stands in the shade <laughs> and miss anything. And that's that's the year I was swore Sada was going to win, and he almost pulled it off. But uh, you know, if not for that last lap thing there, so uh, so who do you like for Monaco, Max? Uh, Who knows? I mean, you know, the, the Ferrari's been quick in qualifying, hasn't it? And we all know what Monaco's like. If you can grab pole there and, and you, get a, you get a good strategy going, you know, who knows? But maybe Checo, because he's pretty good at looking after his tires and, you know, maybe he can stretch yes, something out yes, there. Who, who knows? Yeah. Um, so, Lee, yeah. Uh, Kevin Magnuson? Yep. 
Yeah, okay. Go on, yeah, go on, standby. <laughs> but I think the big news, do you want to touch on the big news in Formula One today, The big news that Honda is coming yeah. back into the sport. Again, with another really left, did they? They're in this sort of like... No, they never really left. So that no, Red Bull they... engine is a Honda. Yeah. Right? It always they, has They been. pay Red Bull to run it, I believe. There's a lot of Honda, you know, basically Red Bull bought Honda's IP, moved everything to their own factory, and are now running that engine badged as a Red Bull engine. Um, and, you know, Ford will badge it, it'll be badged as a Ford engine in a few years. So <clears throat> Aston Martin were obviously looking for some independence from Mercedes because, and I, I, you know, I've mentioned this a lot, and we've talked about this a lot on the show. Fundamentally, you're never going to win as a customer to a rival team. You know, Correct. if you are running a Mercedes engine, you will never quite have the same number of horses nope. behind you as the Mercedes. Uh, you know, when I was at Williams, we had a Mercedes engine and they used to give us like, you know, oh, you've got to run these cooling settings and you've got to run this engine map. And we knew it wasn't quite as aggressive as, um, you know, what Mercedes were allowing their own cars to run, especially when we were getting competitive with them. So... Um, I, I think this is all part of Lance Stroll's, you know, master plan. Uh, and you know, you mean you mean Lauren, Lauren, Lauren Stroll? Well, yes, yeah, both okay, of them. Okay, all right. Damn. Well, I mean, you had to, you had to, you had to call me on the Graham Hill thing, so ah, uh, house. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Papa Stroll. At least I know Papa Stroll. Papa Stroll. Um, yep. Bob's yeah, first. so, you know, this is part of his, his big plan. And, um, you know, he's got the new factory at Silverstone. He's getting a new wind tunnel. He's hired a lot of really, really talented engineers. Um, and he's, you know, now got his own engine deal. But it'd be interesting to see what Honda do, you know, because they've lost that money. You know, I, I don't know what they did with their old manufacturing facility. Because Red Bull Powertrain now runs out of a new facility. Whether Honda have kept that intact or sold it off, uh, I'm not 100% certain, but it's an interesting situation. And, um, yeah, you wonder, you wonder how all that's going to play out. But, um, you know, it's great for the sport that you've got the engine manufacturers. And obviously, you know, you, there's a lot of talk of Cadillac coming into it. You know, they've started to, to make some rumors. Um, although they're, you know, supposedly they'd be building those engines in North Carolina, which is a, a big ask, I think. Um, but, you know, you know, come 2026, you'll have Ford, which is a, basically a, a sticker on the side of a Red Bull car, a Red Bull engine. You know, you have Ford, Mercedes, Ferrari, Renault, Honda. Um, maybe Cadillac, you know, yeah. Maybe Cadillac. Uh, you know, so it's starting to starting to pick up past the sort of three or four that we've had for the last few years. Uh, you know, you're getting into the five, six range there, at least the big brands and big names coming in and supporting the series. And Audi, of course. Can't forget them. Audi, yeah, can't forget you know, Audi. So, you know, there's, so, there's some speculation that Red Bull might actually just sell off AlphaTauri, let them go on their own. Well, no, they've said no. They have said no to that one. Okay, have they? Okay, all right. Yeah, so, they announced that today that they're not selling them off. I must not but, have read, yeah. read the follow-up, yeah. No, it was, it was late today, uh, this afternoon, that that was announced, but... Um, yeah, it's interesting. It, it really is interesting now how we're starting to see these multiple engine manufacturers coming. But then again, it starts to raise the question of the longevity of these manufacturers. So what happens if you're an Audi and you're coming in and you're pumping probably a good end of a billion dollars into this program by the time you get three or four years into it? What happens if you're not successful? Because there's so many others that you know, you're diluting the pot so much now. At least when you only had three engine manufacturers, 
you could probably pick four or five teams to supply, and chances are one of them is going to be reasonably successful as long as you've got a competent package underneath the hood. So it's you know you don't want to you know get a Cadillac in or an Audi in and or a Honda come back and they'd be lost at sea because it doesn't really serve its purpose. Right, right. So, but yeah. I think I feel like uh, uh, you know Papa Stroll. Lawrence is throwing everything he's got at this. Now, I, I think it's, uh, I mean, if you look at where they are now, they, they, they've kind of supplanted both Mercedes and Ferrari as a, as a second best team so far this year. And as far as results anyway. So, uh, yeah. So they got that, that Honda backing in there. Um, I, these guys could be, you know, they, 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 you know, we could go from a big three to a big four. So, I think it'll. Okay. T- I think it's important that it, it takes time as well. You've got to look at it uh, to the front of. You know, we're in the second year of this aero package. You know, have have Aston Martin just looked into a package here, or have they really sat down and designed this package, and understand it? Because I've been in teams. You know, Formula One, NASCAR. You know, we've had quick cars, and the scary thing about having a quick car is when you don't know what makes it quick. Um, and, and I worry that maybe that's part of the Aston Martin situation here. They've just like created a car. They go, oh, wow, this car's quick. Well, yeah, it's great. Uh, why is it quick? Um, and, you know, eventually you'll start seeing, you know, Ferrari is certainly gaining some pace over a single lap, and they'll get that race pace soon enough. Mercedes are starting to get there. They've got some upgrades coming in the next few weeks. So it'll be interesting to see where Aston Martin are coming at the end of the year. Will they still be the second-ranked team? I, I don't know. I doubt it. Great right, while it so lasts. Great while it lasts. Yep. We'll find out in yeah. a year. So, uh, but we are out of time for tonight. So uh, I want to thank our producer, Keith Hayes, for taking care of us and Sinister One Productions. I want to thank the Hoobazoo Radio Network. I want to thank you, Lee and Richard and Todd Magnuson as well. Appreciate mm-hmm. you, buddy. Okay. <laughs> I want to thank you folks that tuned in and watched us. <laughs> I want to thank uh, Forza Motorsport. Um, the... Uh, what's the name of my, why did the name of the movie just dropped out of my grand Turismo? Grand Turismo. Grand. Yep. Yep. Grand. The Graham Ray Hall. I want to thank Graham Ray Hall for giving me all the laughs on Sunday afternoon. And, uh, <laughs> this, has gone out of this is awesome. I know. Man. Right. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> you say, say Graham Ray Hall once and then never let you forget about it. Treehouse racing. All right. right so yeah. well, I want to thank uh, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook Live, and um, iHeartRadio. So uh, until next week, we won't be on next week, guys, because um, we'll be uh, chilling out, calming down from the big weekend of racing. But we will be on next Sunday rather than Wednesday. So mark your calendar. Look for the next Draft and Circus program on Sunday rather than next Wednesday. So until next Sunday. You guys have a great Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy the races. Good night. Thanks for watching Draft in the Circuits. Make sure to follow Draft in the Circuits on Facebook, Spotify, Twitter, and YouTube. Draft in the Circuits is a Coke Sinister One production.